recorded live. Yes, folks, you don't need to cast your vote, but you can cast your vote if you want to. However, for the best damn Tuesday night pre-show before Revolution, every Tuesday night with Doc Brown and Marty McFly. Yes, folks, we're here for episode number 54, Tuesday, November the 8th, 2016. However, it is the big five over the silver anniversary, if you will, here out wrestling revisited. As I am your host, the Doc, or excuse me, what did I say, the Doc, the Marty McFly of wrestling revisited. With me is my Doc Brown, if you will, Gerard T. Smith, if you will, ladies and gentlemen, one seven two four 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 four. 7444 call ID number 139926 and of course we will be taking phone calls here for the next hour or so we got a lot to dive into today of course uh, some big news coming out of uh, the European tours the WWE is over in Europe this weekend doing uh, shows in Glasgow Scotland at the SSC Hydro Arena where they did last night's show and of course tonight's Smackdown show which you can see in the next hour uh, one of the matches that is being advertised obviously of course for tonight's show is the big women's championship match with Smackdown Becky Lynch the Irish last kicker taking on Miss Harley Quinn herself Miss Alexa Bliss for the title that should be a very interesting show and of course we are less than uh, one week away from episode number 900 as they will be celebrating in style next Tuesday night in Wilkesbury, Pennsylvania which is just about four hours away from where I'm at here in Pittsburgh, but uh, we will talk more about that throughout the night. Of course, a couple big names that have been advertised already we have heard could be the rated R superstar Edge and also the Dead Man. Yes, folks, the Phenom himself, the Undertaker, could be returning for the first time since March, but we will share more about that here in just a little bit. Let us bring in now Doc Brown as he is just coming out of the DeLorean, so to speak. Howard, Doc, how are you tonight? I am great. As am I. We've had a pretty good day so far. Of course, uh, we're telling people to cast their votes here throughout the world today. Of course, we will find out after tonight who will be the new leader of the free world, if you will. Will it be Hillary Clinton uh, stepping up to the plate and becoming the first woman in the White House? Or will it be the Donald, Donald Trump, if you will, how everyone's favorite uh, and least favorite person, if you will? Well, we're going to find out here in mere hours. So uh, we definitely want you to get out there and vote today, however you're at. And right, if you cast you okay. your vote, J.D.? I did cast my vote today. Yes, I did. I went. I did that before I went in to work this morning. I casted my vote. Yes, I did. And uh, it was tough. I mean, I'm not a fan of either proponent, but you know what? At the end of the day, how I went with my gut instinct, and uh, I think uh, we're going to see history in the making. Let's just say, how I'm going to tell you, how I went with history in the making. I think we're going to see it tonight, however. At least I hope we do, however. But... Uh, it could very well happen. She could be uh, the first female in the White House, Howard, and you know who I'm talking about, Howard. So we'll see if she uh, has the power and the uh, people backing her. Of course, we'll find out later tonight and tomorrow morning, of course. We will find out if we uh, who our next uh, great fearless almighty leader is or woman is, let's just say. But uh, we will definitely be uh, watching that very carefully. Did you cast your vote today? Uh, I don't have to. I'm I'm Canada. Oh, that's right. You got the Prime Minister. Prime Minister, Prime Minister. yes, I forgot. That's right, that's right. Well, anyway, as we said, people, get out there and vote today. Vote early, vote often, and uh, whoever your vote is, however, we realize either change is coming, however, or we're in for, uh, let's just say, gloom and doom, if you will, here in the States, however. But uh, we'll see. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what happens here uh, during the course of the next 24 hours or so. But Anyway, that being said, we're now going into our uh, time machine. And tonight, however, our fearless Doc, however, has another great moment picked for you all here on the Silver Anniversary Show. Doc, what is our moment tonight? Oh, we're going to go with the biggest event since WrestleMania. Yes, I take you back to 1987, November 26th. The attendance was 21,300, the first ever Survivor Series 
Oh, and how appropriate is that? Survivor Series is just around the corner within a week, ladies and gentlemen, and I, I like this. I really do. Uh, At the Richford, Richfield Coliseum. Uh, yes. Uh, Richfield Township, Ohio. Yes. And, of course, uh, this, this was, of course, the biggest event, as you said, the biggest event since WrestleMania three. This was the very first time uh, we saw Survivor Series take place. Of course, this was actually on the same very day, believe it or not, that they went up against Starcade, believe it or not, in Chicago. Of course, Chicago, they did this in the afternoon. Of course, that night, WWE decided to uh, up the ante, if you will, against the Crockett organization in WCW, which was still under the National Wrestling Alliance umbrella. As a result, however, they decided to cast their vote, however, if you will, by uh, putting another event against Starcade. And, of course, this would be a very interesting event, let's just say, as this would be the very first ever Survivor Series. And it's so funny because uh, coming up, as we said, at the end of this month, however, it will be officially 30-some years, believe it or not, since Survivor Series made its debut. So we will talk to you about what exactly went down on this night and uh, some of the people that were a part of history in the making. So with that said, let's go over to the man himself, Gerard T. Smith, who's got our matches, and tell us who was on this memorable show. All right, our first five-on-five elimination match went 24 minutes, and the people that were in the match, team one was Randy Savage, Jake Roberts, Ricky Steamboat, Beefcake, Jim Duggan with Miss Elizabeth. They defeated the Honky Tonk Man, Hercules, Dangerous Danny Davis, Ron Bast, and Harley Race with Bobby Heenan and Jimmy Hart. A lot of great Hall of Famers listed in that, of course, including Randy Savage, Jake Roberts, and Steamboat, of course. Savage and Steamboat, of course, having a little bit of tension earlier in the year, of course, at the third ever WrestleMania, one of the greatest IC title matches of all time. Unfortunately, on this night, however, they had to put their differences aside, so to speak, however, as they took on uh, the one person that really got under the skin of Randy Macho Man Savage and one of the people that really Jake the Snake Roberts couldn't stand at the time either in the form of the Honky Tonk Man along with uh, his uh, team, so to speak. Uh, of course, we uh, also talked about Dangerous Danny Davis at one point. However, of course, he used to be a very uh, well-known official who uh, was very controversial by calling things very slow. He was sort of the Nick Patrick of the WWE back then, if you remember, folks. Uh, he was also a masked wrestler for a brief time in the early 80s, known as Mr. X, I heard. Uh, the last I heard about him, I believe, however, if I'm not mistaken, I believe now, last I heard, however, uh his last appearance appeared was sometime in the late 90s, however, or actually a few years ago when he did a backstage segment with Sergeant Sorrow, Hacksaw, Jim Duggan, the Dragon, the Million Dollar Man, and Ron Simmons. He was wearing a referee shirt in this bed, however, but that's the only time we've seen him. But other than that, he's not been seen from nor heard from up until this point a few years ago, however, for the past 20-some years. So you thought we would... Uh, see him back in the wrestling at one point. Of course, Jack Tunney, the former figurehead of the WWE, the so-called president of the company before uh, passing away, of course, sadly, of cancer, of course, who also uh, did some wrestling up there in your neck of the woods, Gerard, in Toronto. He was very big in Toronto, I know, with uh, a lot of things up there, however. Uh, suspended Davis at one point for life, however, from WWE because of his officiating the way he called things, however. But on this night, however, he decided to give Davis a chance to come back to the WWE and this time don uh, the tights, so to speak. He did it only a few times briefly, however, throughout his career, as we said, however, after taking off the mystery mask known as Mr. X and just wrestling by his real name. But nevertheless, uh, a very interesting opening match. Your thoughts about this one? I thought it was a great match. I thought there were a lot of great people in the match. 
Yes, there was. Yes, there was. And, of course, Hercules Hernandez, of course, a member of the Bobby Heenan stable at one time, of course, also known as, uh, I believe he wrestled under the name, uh, I think for a brief time as the Matt. Yes, he was. He uh, was known at one time, however, also in WCW, I think, in the late 90s as the Super Invader. Uh, sadly, unfortunately, uh, Hernandez passed away in 2004 due to heart disease at the age of 47. Uh, he was a big guy in his own right, 6'1", 265, of course, trained by young Eddie Sharkey, who, of course, trained the Road Warriors. He made, of course, his pro debut, did Hernandez. Hernandez, I should say, his real name is Raymond Fernandez, but his character name was Hercules Hernandez. Uh, he made his debut at the age of 23, and he started wrestling in the Florida Territory down in Championship Wrestling. Uh, he then went on to WCW briefly for a brief time in the early 80s as the Masked Assassin number 2. Uh, he then went to Mid-South. From there, he then went on to WWE and, of course, then to WCW before uh, hanging up the boots in 1994, if you will, with New Japan Pro Wrestling before uh, getting out of the sport altogether. So he was a very unique guy, no question about it. And I think one of the matches I can remember him wrestling was the match he had with um, Billy Jack Haynes at WrestleMania III. Uh, the Battle of the Full Nelsons, if you will, it wasn't a great match, but still... It was uh, halfway decent, if you ask me, in more ways than one. Of course, he also competed at WrestleMania 2 against Ricky Steamboat. That was his first appearance in the WWE in WrestleMania history. So there you go. Speaking of which, however, we got more Hall of Famers coming up here on this memorable show. We'll tell you about our next match right now. The next match is a five-on-five elimination match. It was the ladies this time. Yes. In 20 minutes, the first team... Is the fabulous Mula, Rock and Robin, uh, Velvet McIntyre, and the Jumping Bomb Angels? Itsy, Yapa, Kaya, and Nora, Nora Tento. Sorry if I butchered the. That's all right. No problem. I mean, we all have a tough time speaking Japanese sometimes. That's okay. All right. They defeated. Sensational Sherry, the uh, are the Glamour Girls. Yes. Lanny Lanny Kai and yes. Judy Martin. Yes. And Donna Cristiano and Don Marie with Jimmy Hart. Yes, Donna Cristiano, of course, was actually from Pittsburgh, my hometown. I was just reading her bio earlier today. Uh, she was 69, sadly. She passed away five years ago at the uh, of uh, COPD, however. Uh, she actually wrestled for a brief time, however, in the late 60s. She actually made her debut at age 21, believe it or not. And uh, at the time, however, she uh, also had two people who got her into the business, uh, Klondike Bill, if you will, uh, and Waldo Von Eric, who then uh, forced her, uh, well, I wouldn't say forced her, helped her set up with uh, the fabulous Moolah, however, and as a result, she started training with Moolah, believe it or not, in the mid-60s, if you will. And, of course, Rock and Rob, we know about her history, of course. Uh, she is the half-brother of, or sister, I should say, the full, I believe she's the half-sister, if I'm not mistaken. i got to check here. Yeah, she, uh, her half-brother is Jake the Snake Roberts, and her brother is Mr. Michael Sam Houston, of course, uh, she, of course, uh, left the WWE a few years after this. However, I was married to a man and as a, by the name of Harvey Zitron, believe it or not, that's his real name, 
and he was sentenced to 81 months in federal prison for 10 counts of filing false tax returns, access device fraud, and identity theft. After divorcing, she moved to Louisiana. She opened a telemarketing company that sold industrial chemicals and precious metals. Uh, sad I'll to be see. right back, Diddy. All right, no problem. And while I'm continuing this story, we'll be returning here. Let's tell you more about uh, uh, Rocket Robin, by the real, whose real name, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, is none other than Robin Denise Smith. She is 52 years old. She just turned 52 recently, I should say, excuse me. Uh, as a result, uh, after the telemarketing thing, she opened a real estate appraisal business. And during this time, she had a very serious problem, but was finally able to beat her demons altogether. And in 2007, her home and all her belongings were destroyed by Katrina. And then afterwards, uh, she stayed with a family that was still close to her and nearby. She now owns a real estate appraisal business just outside of New Orleans, Florida. So she has uh, been a survivor, so to speak. And, of course, we mentioned Mula, one of the greatest women's champions of all time, better known as the Spider Lady, as we all know her as. She was a very good wrestler back in her own day, Velvet McIntyre, of course. A uh, very tough wrestler in her own right, of course. She'll be turning 54 next month. Uh, she was trained by the, the late Sandy Barr. Of course, she wrestled for 18 years. Of course, Sandy Barr, the father of... I believe, Art Barr, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, in fact, he is the father of Art Barr, the love machine, who, of course, uh, was Eddie Guerrero's uh, longtime partner, if you will, and best friend. And, of course, Jesse Barr, uh, better known to you all as Jimmy Jack Funk. Uh, sad to say, however, at the age of 69, Barr passed away of a heart attack, however, sadly, in 2007. Of course, he wrestled from March of 1957 until, I believe, the late uh, 60s, early 70s, if I'm not mistaken. He also went on to, uh, referring to Barr, uh, train guys such as his son, Matt Bourne, of course his other son, Art, Velvet McIntyre, and Princess Victoria, if you will, back there in Portland, Oregon. Uh, and of course the other ladies that we're going to talk about, obviously we mentioned Velvet McIntyre, a very good wrestler in our right. Of course the Jumping Bomb Angels, a very tough team in their own right. Uh, they wrestled for 10 years in the WWE and in Japan. Uh, known as Itsuki Yamazaki, believe it or not. Yamazaki is her real name. Uh, she is now retired at the age of 50. Uh, she wrestled for 10 years with her partner, of course, and her partner, known as Noro Tatenu, or Tatenu, yes, Tatenu, uh, she wrestled until recently, October 2010, so she is now 50 years old as well. But uh, these two girls, of course, uh, wrestled for a brief time in the WWE, known as the Jumpin' Bomb Angels. They're a very good team. Uh, they held the WWE Tag Team Championship, Women's Tag Team Championship, once during their career. In fact, the only time they held it, however, was for over 136 days. Of course, they were a few months after this uh, memorable show in November of 1987, uh, would win the WWF Women's Tag Team Champions uh, belts, if you will. And sad to say, they would drop the belts, however, in June of 1988, but they would hold it for a record 136 days when they won the belts, however, at the very first ever Royal Rumble. The previous champions had been the Glamour Girls, Lilani Kai and Judy Martin. Uh, they had held the belt a record 906 days, folks. 906, believe it or not. Uh, prior to that, they had held, one other had held it one other time, and that reign lasted, I'm trying to find it here, uh, 251 days. There you go, 251. So they were the last people to hold the belts, however, 
in June of 1988. And of course, the titles would be dropped once and for all in February of 1989. But between uh, the six years that uh, the titles were on the line, however, the Glamour Girls, Lonnie Kai, who of course would go on to wrestled the first WrestleMania with Moolah in her corner against Cindy Lopter and Wendy Richter, would hold the belts along with her partner Judy Martin and combined 1160 days, believe it or not, with the longest being 906 from 1985 until January of 98. So almost the better part of close to three years, believe it or not, they held the belts. So that's quite a long time, if you ask me. And as far as the other people we mentioned, uh, uh, Don Marie is not the Don Marie you're thinking of, ECW, however. This is another Don Marie. The other Don Marie you're referring to is by the name of Don Marie Johnston. Uh, she wrestled briefly for a time in the early 90s in the Ladies Professional Wrestling Association, a.k.a. LPWA. Uh, we don't have anything else about her background, but we do know she wrestled also in uh, the National Wrestling Federation, if you will, the NWF, if you will. Uh, that being said, however... Um, she is not related to the ECW superstar you're referring to, who's the man's Lance Storm and Just Incredible in the Impact Players. This is another uh, Dawn Marie. Uh, as far as her background goes and her history, we don't have much to tell. Uh, as far as the others go, we've mentioned uh, Sensational Sherry, uh, a great manager and owner. Of course, uh, Scary Sherry, she was known as at one time uh, a Hall of Famer, I believe. She's in the Hall of Fame, and if she isn't, she should. Oh, In fact, yes, she is in the Hall of Fame, excuse me. Uh, she had a chance to manage a lot of guys over the years, including Jake the Snake Roberts, Kevin Sullivan, Ric Flair, Randy Savage, among others. Uh, a very unique person, to say the least. Of course, she also wrestled for a brief time in the WWE and was woman's champion at one point in the WWE also. Of course, she managed, as I said, a lot of great teams, including uh, teams that I remember very well. One of the teams I can remember growing up watching many times in the old AWA ESPN Classic show was uh, the duo of Playboy Buddy Rose and Doug Summers, believe it or not. They used to have battles with the uh, Rockers all the time, Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty and Greg Gagne and Scott Hall or Kurt Henning back in the mid-80s of the old AWA. So you talk about a pretty good match, I would have to say this was a good match too. Uh, very entertaining and it was well worth uh, watching to say the least. Uh, now let's see if Gerard has returned. Gerard, have you returned, sir? Okay, Gerard is still out. And just a quick reminder, ladies and gentlemen, tonight at 9 o'clock, we will be having for you Revolution beginning at 9 p.m. Caller ID is 138055-POUND. We will talk about last night's Raw, a very interesting night, to say the least, last night in uh, Glasgow, Scotland, if you will, as they uh, made their first ever Monday Night Raw appearance ever in the Hot Scots hometown, Roddy Roddy Piper. Uh, a very interesting show, to say the least, last night. We'll talk more about that here in just a few minutes on what went down as far as last night goes, uh, we understand the rains are now in, and we will tell you if they went up or down this week. However, as we are less than two weeks out from the Survivor Series, which is coming up a week from this Sunday, ladies and gentlemen, the WWE Network live from the Air Canada Center there in Toronto. Of course, also, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget, two weeks from this Saturday, coming up on November 19th, NXT will be making its first appearance ever in the great white north of Canada. And among the matches, and you will see, include... For the NXT World's Heavyweight title, Shinsei Nakamura and Samoa Joe will be going at one more time after what happened earlier this year in Brooklyn for the NXT Championship belt. Of course, Nakamura is looking for redemption and payback after what Samoa Joe did to him the last time a few months ago by literally beating him up and leaving him laying in a pool of his own blood, so to speak. Well, Samoa Joe has been wanting to get back what was once his, the NXT title. The question is, will he do it? 
or will Nakamura be too strong and powerful enough to lay him out one more time? We're going to find out. And, of course, this is the match I'm really looking forward to watching on TakeOver. It will be the female Japanese fighting warrior, Asuka, taking on the soon-to-be, well, let's just say, possibly maybe Hall of Famer, WWE former diva Mickey James. Yes, folks, Mickey James will be returning to the WWE for one night, maybe one night only. But the question is, could she pull off the biggest upset of the year in denying Asuka a chance to retain and leave Toronto with the strap? Or will Asuka be too powerful enough to put Mickey James in her place? We're definitely going to find out. And also, folks, we have the finals of the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Tournament coming up. And also this match, that should be a really good one. The Perfect Ten, Ty Dillinger, ladies and gentlemen, will be taking on Mr. Glorious himself, Bobby Roode. And that should be a show-stealing match in itself. So definitely, folks, get ready. Takeover's coming to Toronto here two weeks from Saturday night, ladies and gentlemen, on the WWE Network. But you can join Gerard and Michelle uh, every Saturday night on Attitude Radio 138982, beginning at 9 p.m. as they talk Raw, NXT, ROH, TNA, UFC, MMA, as you can listen to the best Saturday night show out there. When you don't need to turn on NBC, you need to turn on Talk Shoot, folks, with Michelle and Gerard, of course, the best damn duo on Saturday night. And I believe Gerard has now returned to the line. Gerard, are you back with us, sir? Okay, apparently Gerard is uh, out right now. I believe he's got some things to take care of, but hopefully he'll be back with us here in just a few, however, as he will continue to give us our thoughts, however, as far as the very first Survivor Series, of course, ladies and gentlemen. Also, don't forget, you listen to Gerard and Michelle every Friday night and Sunday afternoon, however, usually here on TalkShoe, of course, every Friday night. You can listen to the best uh, weekend uh, show that kicks off your weekend every Friday I'm back. Oh, okay, great. I was just going to say, we were going to talk about, we were just saying, um, what was I going to say? We were talking about uh, uh, one thing we were discussing, however, mind you, uh, obviously, was the big Friday night show, however, as well as Sunday afternoon show. And if you want to tell us about that right now, please do. Uh, Attitude Radio at 9? No, I plugged that already. Uh, No, the... Saturday night, uh, or not the Saturday night show, the Friday night show and the Sunday afternoon show that you can hear every week. Oh, uh, Friday night at 8 o'clock is the Woman's Revolution hosted by MLD. Uh, Sunday is uh, TNA uh, main event at 5 o'clock, so uh, I'll tune in for that. Yes, yes. And, of course, the caller ID for uh, the Women's Revolution you can hear every Friday night hour. And getting your weekend start off with a bang is one three nine nine two seven. Michelle, Gerard, and everyone else talks on the Women's Revolution show. Of course, the Black Widow herself, Michelle Lindotz, who hopefully is up and around, of course, is hearing us tonight. Michelle, we've been sending our best to you. Of course, we know you've been under the weather as of late, but uh, we're hoping you're back up and feeling better today. And hopefully we'll be hearing from you here tonight on Revolution. And as Gerard said, folks, every Sunday afternoon, listen to TNA Talk, however, the TNA main event show with the best Sunday afternoon duo, however, known to society. The caller ID is 142131-POUND, and that gets underway just after 5 o'clock, ladies and gentlemen, every Sunday afternoon, unless there's a pay-per-view day. And as I mentioned earlier, folks, we're going to have a lot of fun in two weeks, ladies and gentlemen. Believe me, we cannot wait, however, because two weeks from Sunday, Survivor Series will be coming. And of course, you can listen to our bets and predictions, however, on the show two weeks from this Sunday 
Friday, ladies and gentlemen, here on Talk Shoe Hour. And, of course, we will tell you that will begin underway at around a little after 5 o'clock, I believe, that Sunday. And the caller ID is just like it is on Revolution every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday night, one three eight zero five five pounds. So definitely check us out as we're they're going to be having a lot of fun in more ways than one. So with that said, ladies and gentlemen, let us continue now on to the Survivor Series back in 1987. Gerard has more for us in more ways than one. Gerard, what do we got next? Uh, that's a good question. Hold on. Big time. Uh, the next. Yes. Ooh. The next is a 10-on-10 elimination match. Nice. This went 37 minutes. Holy cow. The first team is Strikeforce. Yes. Kino Santana and Ricky Martel. The Young Stallions, Paul Roma and Jim Powers. Yes. Fabulous Rougeau brothers. Yes. Jacob Rougeau and Raymond Rougeau, the Killer Bees, Jim, Bar- Jim Barzell and B. Brian Blair, the British Bulldogs, Davy Boy Smith and Dynamite Kid. Yes. That's a mouthful. Defeated. Yes. Here comes the next mouthful. The Hart Foundation, Bret Hart, Jim Neinhart, the Islanders, Haku and Tama. Tama. Yeah, Tama, the Conga Kid. Yes, I remember him. Yes. Demolition Axe and Smash. Yes. The ball, the ball shape. Ball, the Bolsheviks. Bolsheviks. Nikolai Volkov and Boris Zukov. Yes. The Dream Team, Greg Valentine and Dino Bravo with Johnny Valiant. Yes. Slick, Jimmy Hart, Bobby Heenan, and Mr. Fuji. Yes, a lot of uh, big names there again. I mean, you talk about some great teams back in the 80s. Of course, WWE used to have a lot of teams in the mid-80s, like you mentioned, Strike Force, the Young Stallions, the Pibus Rougeos, uh, Jim Brunzel and uh, B. Brian Blair, the Bulldogs, the Hart Foundation, the Islanders, the list goes on and on. And, of course, you have great managers uh, who have uh, managed a lot of these guys over the years. Of course, Mr. Fuji, tragically, we lost earlier this year uh, due to an illness. However, of course, Bobby Heenan is still recovering from health issues. Jimmy Hart is still the usual, however, what can I say about him? Uh, Slick, last I heard, however, I believe he has his own talk show now, if I'm not saying. I think he has a talk show that he's done pretty well. Or no, actually, no. He um, appeared this year. As, what's that? Yeah, he's a minister. The yes, minister. He's a minister, yes. He also appeared uh, as his character Slick to induct uh, his longtime uh, client slash good friend Ray Trailer into this year's Hall of Fame, believe it or not. Believe it or not. And in July, he was named as a part of a class action lawsuit filed against WWE, which alleged that wrestlers incurred traumatic brain injuries during their tenure and that the company concealed the risks of injury. Believe it or not, he was named as part of the lawsuit. Uh, he had a lot of names, of course, over the years. The Slickster, the Doctor of Style, the Jive Soul Bro. Uh, as we said, he managed a lot of great guys, not just the boss man, but guys like Akeem the Dream, a.k.a. One Man Gang, George Gray, uh, the Iron Sheik, Kamala, Ricky Martel, Nikolai Volkov, Zeus, uh, Hercules, I mentioned him earlier, Hacksaw, Butch Reed, uh, Boris Zukov. Uh, this guy definitely uh, had a unique career. He was also the father of former uh, Mid-Atlantic wrestler Rufus R. Jones, believe it or not. Not many people know that, believe it or not. And he was actually the first ever African-American manager in history. So 
He will be turning 59 later this year. In fact, his birthday is actually the week before mine on December 8th, uh, the anniversary of John Lennon's passing, which is crazy. Um, Demolition, we know about them, their history, uh, Axe and Smash, of course. Uh, Johnny Valiant, of course, I've talked about him many times, a great manager and a great human being. Of course, went to school with my father in Pittsburgh, believe it or not, one of the nicest guys you're going to talk to, believe it or not. Uh, he, of course, uh, managed a lot of guys over the years, including uh, Hulk Hogan, Greg Valentine, Brutus Beefcake, The Destruction Crew, and, of course, Demolition. Last I heard, however, believe it or not, he uh, does, um, believe it or not, uh, dinner shows now as a comedian, believe it or not. And he was also on for a brief time, however, on the TV shows Law & Order and The Sopranos, believe it or not. So not many people know about Johnny V. Uh, he will be turning 70 coming up at the end of this month, Florida. so God bless him. Uh, of course, he began his career in 1967, of course, and then, of course, went on to bigger and better things in the 70s by uh, teaming up with uh, wrestlers like Jerry Valiant and, of course, uh, Jimmy Valiant, believe it or not, however, uh, back in the day, of course, and they formed the Valiant Family Trio. Uh, very good WWF Tag Team Champions. Uh, I almost said uh, WWWF, I meant to say, however, but like I said, uh, Valiant, of course, uh, the Boogie Woogie Man from uh, New York City, of course, is Jimmy Valiant. Uh, Johnny, of course, uh, a very unique guy, of course, uh, better known by his real name, John L. Sullivan. No, not the boxing legend who uh, was the first ever man who wore boxing gloves back in the early part of the 19th century. Uh, this guy was uh, a wrestler in his own As I said, he won the WWF Tag Team Championship twice. The first one happened in May of 1974, and then the second happened in 1979 when his so-called storyline brother, Jerry Valiant, of course, defeated Tony Greer and Larry Sabisco in March of that year, of course. Uh, Jerry Valiant, of course, a very big guy in his own right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, sitting 6'3". I believe he weighed about 3'10", 3'15". I want to say I'm looking at the picture right now. Uh, sad to say, unfortunately, he passed away, did Jerry, after a battle with Alzheimer's in 2010 at the age of 68. But he was a very unique guy in fight. He's the one guy, how, other than King Kong Bunny, I think I told this story before to you, Gerard, and I think I told it to everyone else. He's the only guy, I think, ever that has lost the match in a short amount of time. Of course, we know King Kong Bunny set the record at WrestleMania in 1985 by beating Special Delivery Jones in nine seconds. That's been a given. But there was one time, I think, it was him and Uncle Elmer on a Saturday Night's main event, and I just saw this match recently, just last week. The match only went six seconds. Six seconds. That's like, holy cow, the bell rang, and down he went for the count before he knew you could, couldn't even blink and... You're like, holy cow, did that end quickly? Yeah, it ended quickly. But uh, nevertheless, uh, you got some great guys, like I said. Uh, Greg Valentine, a very unique individual. Dino Bravo, of course, we talked about him. He used to be known as the big strong man up there in Canada. Of course, a lot of people remember him being managed by uh, not only Johnny V, but also by his one-time uh, handler, if you will, the late Frenchie Martin, if you will, who tragically, unfortunately, we lost uh, just recently, less than uh, a couple weeks ago at the age of... Um, 69 due to bladder and bone cancer, the same ailment that took uh, John Tento away from us, a.k.a. Earthquake, early on in his uh, career, shall we say. But nevertheless, uh, some great uh, Hall of Famers here uh, and great talent all around here in this very first ever Survivor Series with all the big names, past and present. Uh, i got to ask you uh, your thoughts about this matchup. Oh, I thought it was a fantastic matchup. Yes, I would agree. I would definitely agree. And of course, as I mentioned, folks, you got a lot of guys who uh, have uh, 
Hall of Famers, or if they're not Hall of Famers, they should be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, guys like the Bulldogs, we talked about them in the past. Uh, the Hart Foundation, definitely in the Hall of Fame. Bret Hart in the Hall of Fame. Jim the Animal Lightheart, not quite there yet, but I think he should go in, if you ask me. Demolition, I think they're way past overdue on them. Of course, the New Day, uh, the current WWF Tag Team Champions, who are about, about less than three and a half weeks away from eclipsing Demolition's record, breaking that record, however, of 478. Of course, uh, the longest-term champions in WWE history, believe it or not. They're, uh, in fact, uh, looking right now to see their uh, total reign, believe it or not. I think they held the belts uh, the longest. In fact, they held it three straight times during their career, believe it or not. Uh, during their career, if you will. So do you think that New Day is going to beat the record? That's a good question. You know, I mean, they're at 444 right now as of last night. Um, that's going to be tough. I mean, you're about less than three and a half weeks away until the end of uh, this month and then the start of December. Uh, I would I would be surprised if they held it until maybe possibly the week before Christmas. I could see them maybe drop the belts. And the final pay-per-view of the year, depending on who they go up against, maybe at Roadblock in Pittsburgh. I could see that happening, maybe. But at the same time, if not, uh, they could end the year with a bang, so to speak. I mean, it's it's crazy when you look at it. I'm looking at all the reigns right now. It's just insane. Uh, so far, like I said, they've held the belts three different times for a combined 698. And as of... Um, like I said, as of last night, however, I think it was last... As of last night, yeah... Uh, this is currently, however, this is, I'm looking at the old reigns of WWF. The longest reign in the WWF reign pool, however, is the Hart Foundation with 483, followed by Mr. Fuji and Tanaka at 569. Currently, however, as far as um, champions go now, since uh, they retired those belts back in uh, 2010, however, we'll tell you who the longest tag team champions are, and I think that's the New Day. The New Day currently have that record in their hands. That is all but a given right now. In fact, yeah, as of right now, however, the New Day, as of today, are at 436, believe it or not. This is, uh, I mean, like I said, the inaugural cha- the champions, however, of course, the 10-minute reign uh, between Kurt, uh, the inaugural champions, Kurt Angle and Chris Benoit, John Cena and the Miz's 10-minute reign was the shortest in history. But right now, as of today, uh, Kofi and Xavier and Big E, however, the second longest reign as of today were 436. So uh, that that's pretty crazy when you think about it. I mean, it's I'm looking right now um, up to the point. However, yeah, combined days, however, in their two reigns combined, however, they've had had the belts for 492, almost 500 days. But uh, like I said, they're coming up on 440 this week. So do I think they have a chance of breaking the record? Yes, I do. But will they do it? That's tough. Uh, I think they can hold it for at least until after Survivor Series, however, and then maybe drop the belts to possibly the club. I mean, the club is so overdue of getting those belts, and we've talked about so many times, however, that they should get it. Um, but I do think the New Day's record has been historical, no question. About it. I don't think I mean, no one saw this coming. I mean, no one, like months ago, would have said they would have reached 400, over 400-plus 400 days, even close to 500 days. But I don't know. We'll see. Because right now, I mean, other than the New Day in the club, I mean, who else is out there that could really put a dent in it? Cesaro and Sheamus? Maybe. But I, I just don't see that happening. I want the club to win there. I, I do, too. 
Yeah, I, th- I think the club have been bypassed many times over in the last couple of years, in the last, this past, in the last few months. I mean, they really have. I mean, they've been trying to get a hold of it for quite a while now, and they are so overdue of getting those belts. Are it's just I don't know why management doesn't see the big picture. You know, I really don't. And uh, before we continue on, ladies and gentlemen, talking about tag teams, uh, we just heard some news uh, as we were uh, coming on the air tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Um, we heard earlier today that Leon White, better known to you all as Big Van Vader, we'll talk about it again tonight here in the news segment here on Revolution, was involved in a very serious car wreck today, uh, believe it or not, as the former WWE and WCW alum uh, posted to Twitter this afternoon that his car rolled over twice, and they was unconscious for nearly 35 minutes. But he's okay. Uh, he does have some welts above his eyes. And, in fact, he tweeted earlier this afternoon, however, was in a rollover accident, healing up in, boy, do I look like a conehead. And then there's a picture of his car, which, I mean, if you see a picture of it on 411 Mania, and we want to thank our good friend Jeremy Thomas for uh, posting the picture. He goes on to say, near fatal, I was unconscious and trapped in the car upside down and knocked out for about 35 minutes. Close one. Thank God I'm okay. So, uh, Gerard, he's pretty lucky, to say the least. Yeah, he is so. So, uh, our thoughts and prayers are definitely uh, uh, Big Vader. Of course, we've all been a fan of Vader. If not, however, uh, shame on you. He was a great athlete and still is a great athlete and a great human being in and out of the ring. So, uh, our thoughts and prayers are definitely with the man known as uh, Mr. Vader, if you will, here tonight, Leon White. Uh, Leon, we're thinking of you, guy, and hope uh, that you... Uh, or on the recovery mend, and uh, hopefully uh, you'll be getting better very soon. Okay, with that said now, ladies and gentlemen, let us go into the main event here of Survivor Series 1987. Five-on-five five elimination match. It went 22 minutes. The first team was Andre the Giant, the one-man gang, King Kong Bundy, Butch Reed, Rick Rude with Bobby Heenan, and Slick. They defeated Hawk Hogan. Paul Orndorff, Don Morocco, Ken Patera, and Bam Bam Bigelow with Oliver Humperdinck. Yes, and again, talking about a lot of big guys in that ring between Gang, Bundy, the Giant, and of course Rick Rude. Of course, uh, a lot of guys in Bobby Heenan's stable, most notably King Kong and Andre. Uh, Gang and Reed, of course, a member of Slick's team, taking on the mighty Hulkster, Mr. Wonderful, who at times, however, was a teammate and rival of Hulkster's along with the original rock Don Morocco, who, uh, for the first time since his early career, however, changed his heelish ways here, actually, as he was at the time under the guidance of superstar Billy Graham, who was supposed to be originally at this show, but at the last minute, I remember hearing uh, he was not feeling very well, and I believe this was about the time he had his hip surgery, however, so that's why he did not make the trip, unfortunately, to Cleveland here on this night. Uh, of course, he had a lot of uh, hip problems, of course, in his later years, however, as a wrestler, of course, uh, due to what happened in the mid to late 70s, early 80s, with uh, a personal issue that we all know in sports that has become quite the issue over the years, and that begins with an S, however, and I will say it was steroids because uh, there was a lot of guys back then who took it, including Superstar, Hulk Hogan, among others. Uh, Ken Patera, of course, we know about him. I've mentioned Ken Patera, one of my favorites of all time, a great human being also. Although he had some issues also early on in his career, however, he developed to become a pretty big wrestler in the late 80s. Uh, he wasn't quite the same guy he was back in the late 70s, early 80s, when he was managed by guys like Lou Albano, the Wizard, Ernie Roth. But uh, after leaving Bobby Heenan's stable, 
shortly before this, however, as he was a member of the Heenan family, he uh, tried to change his ways. And uh, the last I saw of him, he has somewhat changed his ways, believe it or not. Uh, in fact, the last I heard about him, believe it or not, however, uh, he uh, is, I believe, I'm not sure what he's doing now, actually, but I do know one time he... Uh, had to serve some jail time. In fact, he was in jail for about two years, believe it or not, however, after him and Masa Ito threw a rock through the window of a McDonald's building, however, believe it or not, and assaulted a policeman, believe it or not, uh, following an incident in, uh, I believe, just outside of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, back in April of 94. In fact, it was in 1984. I'm looking at it right now. Uh, he also, of course, is the younger brother of Jack Patera. He used to coach the Seattle Seahawks in the late 70s into the early 80s. Uh, he has also been married and divorced three times and his two daughters. I'm also looking at some other stuff that he has done over his career. He uh, had some interesting battles with, of course, Bruno San Martino, Bob Backlund. Of course, him Bob Backlund in that Texas Death match of 1980 said before, ladies and gentlemen, if you've never seen it or have watched it, you owe it to yourself to check it out on YouTube or the Best of Madison Square Garden DVD that the WWE put out a few years ago of all the great matches of Madison Square Garden Events over the years, you have got to sit down and watch that. That is an incredible match between Patera and Backlund, to say the least. Uh, he also, like I said, was a member of the Heenan family for quite a while when he uh, had a chance to uh, go up against guys like the Hulkster, Greg Gagne, and Jim Brunzel, of course, in the mid-'80s. But uh, it was about this time that, uh, like I said, Patera saw the error of his ways, and the Hulkster kind of reformed him along with Mr. Wonderful yet again. And uh, those guys have actually teamed up along with uh, their new friend, Bam Bam Bigelow, the beast from the East, if you will, the late great Oliver Humperdinck. Uh, yeah, this match was pretty good, I guess. This was entertaining and uh, very unique, to say the least. And uh, with that said, uh, we're going to get Gerard's thoughts now about this matchup. I thought it was a fantastic match. Everybody did good in the match. Yes, yes, they did. Well, there you have it, folks. Uh, Survivor Series 1987. Uh, who would have thought it, ladies and gentlemen? I mean, it's been 30 years, ladies and gentlemen, since we had it. And uh, before we get Gerard's thoughts, I'll let's give you the number again, 1-724-444-7044. Call our ID, 139926-POUND. And you can talk to us right now. We're here till 8 o'clock every Tuesday night, ladies and gentlemen. Gerard, uh, some news to report real quick. How are coming out of uh, SmackDown tapings tonight in Glasgow, Scotland? We heard now they are now making it a four-man announced team, believe it or not. Yes, folks, a four-man announced team, believe it or not. And here are the new announcers for SmackDown. It will be Mauro Ranulo, JBL, David Otunga, and Tom Phillips, believe it or not, even though Tom Phillips will continue to call NXT TV. So it looks like Jerry the King Lawler might be bumped out of that. So that leads me to wonder, if they're doing four-man on Raw or SmackDown, does Raw go to a four-man team and maybe consider bringing the King back in and joining up with Corey Graves, Byron Saxon, and Cole? Yes, I do. I, I would think so, too. I would think so, too. I hope they do that. That would be a wise thing to do. I think that would be very wise to do, especially since King had none really all that bad on SmackDown in the last few months. But, of course, he had some personal issues that really caught up with him. I think him returning to Monday night and being with Cole again and teaming up with guys like Saxton and uh, Corey Graves would be good. Well, it could be uh, Corey Graves and him as the heel announcers and the other two as the face ones. Yeah, I was thinking that, too. Yeah, you have Saxton and... Uh, 
Cole uh, become the face guys, and Corey and uh, King uh, could be a heel announcer like he was back in his early years. However, before he turned face, yeah, become a heel announcer again, yeah. Or you could bump Saxon out altogether, maybe put him in the backstage where he used to be, however, and join, uh, have him join up with Corey and Cole and take over the booth there. That would be kind of because we've talked about Saxton not become one of our faves over the years, however, and he continues just to be very lackluster in his announcing, you know. Uh, speaking of Raw, ladies and gentlemen, the Raw ratings are in, and uh, as we said, ladies and gentlemen, it was a very interesting night, to say the least, last night in Glasgow, and uh, here are the ratings, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, last week, they did a 2.6 number as far as million people watching. This week, they went up to about 2.75, so that's not too bad. Uh, considering last week's show was 1.88 or almost 1.9, this week they went up to about 195 or close to a 2.0. So I, I I was a little close. I think some of us were a little close in our number this week. Uh, but unfortunately, however, they ended up losing over 500,000 viewers, believe it or not, from the top of the first hour until hour three. And of course, the Monday night game between Buffalo and Seattle, which was a very entertaining game, I gotta say, involving the Seahawks and the Bills, led the night with 11.2 million viewers watching. Of course. Last year at this time, uh, Raw did a 2-2 rating off of 3.2 million viewers. So, unfortunately, they kind of dipped down a little bit this week, but uh, they kind of went up just a tiny bit this week. Not a lot, but a little. Uh, next week, of course, should be a great show. Of course, Daniel Bryan and uh, Shane O'Mac have been advertised for the show, we understand, already in Buffalo, New York, at the Key Bank Center Arena, formerly the first Niagara Pavilion in Buffalo, New York, on upstate New York. That should be a great show. Paul Heyman, Brock Lesnar, and Goldberg have also been advertised for the show. I expect a great number, or at least I hope it's a great number, coming up next week as we are less than um, literally uh, – as we said, a week, a couple of weeks out from survivors, we're also six weeks out from the beginning of the new year. So hopefully, they can start uh, turning the trend a little bit. Uh, unfortunately, last night, however, I thought they could have done just a little bit better with some of the stuff they did last night. But um, we're going to get Gerard's take now. Uh, Gerard, you said it wasn't a bad show, and I kind of agree. I mean, the main event was good, but there were some things last night that kind of were very unique and interesting, and we'll we'll talk about them very quickly here as we'll get into them. First off, uh, your boy and Michelle's boy and our boy, Seth Rollins becoming a member of Team Jericho, uh, Braun Strowman, and Roman Reigns. Your thoughts about this? Uh, I don't know how that's going to go, but I hopefully they work together and they beat Team SmackDown. Yes, I hope so, too. I mean, I I definitely agree. I think uh, there was a lot of tension last night, obviously, between the five team members. Of course, Stephanie McMahon made the main event a five-way uh, interesting matchup, to say the least. And uh, as a result, uh, Kevin Owens, believe it or not, pinned his buddy Chris Jericho, uh, despite the fact that Jericho was kind of uh, surprised about this, however, after the show. Uh, what was your take about that? Oh, uh, yeah, it's going to further into the storyline, I guess. They're going to turn Jericho against KO, I guess. But yeah. I don't really want that. I want them together, but yeah, whatever. Well, we'll see. I mean, there's been talk also about uh, Kevin Owens, of course, and Roman Reigns getting into a program with each other as well. Of course, there's already been talk we've talked about before that they are teasing right now attention about Jericho and KO, as you mentioned, but also there has been talk already that they are trying to build up already Roman and KO for the Universal title. Of course, uh, that match has been listed already as a possible preview match, maybe, or possible match itself as the main event for Roadblock coming up at the end of, uh, or should I say, towards the end of next month in Pittsburgh at road, uh, the pay-per-view, so we'll have to wait and see. Uh, next, of course, we had a announcement of the five women, 
including uh, here are the women uh, involving uh, Bailey, Sasha Banks, Nia Jax, Charlotte, and of course uh, Alicia Fox. What was your take about that? Yeah, that was very uh, shocking. Yes, yes. I I was a little surprised to see Sasha return so quickly, especially after the beating that she suffered at the hands of Charlotte at Hell in a Cell. And she was out just uh, last Monday and returned uh, to the European tour this week, obviously making parents in Scotland. Uh, but the thing that baffled my mind, and I think you'll have to agree too, is the way fans were reacting to uh, Bailey last night. I mean, it seemed like it was they were at a soccer game. They were cheering for Bailey the whole night, and they were giving Charlotte a ton of shit last night. Pardon my French, but uh, they were really giving it to her last night. They were. They uh, kept singing that song they did in NXT. Yes. Uh, they would not let it go at all. <laughs> nope. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. You're right. No, they did not. And Charlotte kept yelling, Howard, to the fans, to bow down, respect me. I'm your queen. And uh, apparently a few people didn't find it. Uh, well, let's just say two music. One of the people that really got up in her face at one point was Nia Jackson. I thought Nia Jackson was going to absolutely take a swing at her. I really did. And I was saying to myself, please, God, hit her. Hit her. Hit her. Hit her. But, of course, she didn't. But uh, now you've got those five taking on SmackDown's top five. Uh, the other thing that was really interesting, probably one of the better uh, segments of the night, however, when it wasn't a match, it was actually the build-up for Goldberg and Lesnar, the uh, video package they did for both of them. I thought both of those packages were tremendous. Yes, very good. And the other thing I liked was the tag team. Uh, yeah. Scott yeah. they had two all teams in the ring. Yes, I was just going to discuss that next. Yes, you talk about the tag team, and uh, right now, I mean, this is crazy. I mean, you got five guys now that are uh, in the tag team war, however, and here's who we got. We got uh, your boys, the New Day. We got the club, obviously. The club, of course, uh, same what they felt, however. Uh, the New Day dressed up as Willem, William Wallace, if you're trying to do their best Braveheart impersonation. And I thought it was kind of funny, but also a little hokey. It is what it is. Uh, also, you had Cesaro and Sheamus. Of course, those two continue to pick her like uh, the total odd couple of odd couples, if you will. And then, of course, we had, uh, at first we thought we had the Golden Truth, however, but then all of a sudden the Shining Stars take their spot. And I was like, what the hell is up with this crap? I mean, I'm not a fan of Primo and Epico, never have been, even when they were Los Matadors. I don't know why you're bumping them out now, referring to Goldust and R-Truth, and now giving the Shining Stars their spot here. I just It doesn't make sense to me. Doesn't matter. The club works for themselves, and they don't listen to anybody. Exactly, and I would have to say the club is going to be the team that's going to lay everyone out. I really do. I think Allison Anderson are hungry, and I hate to say that to Enzo and Cass, too, for you all Enzo Amore and big Cass fans. I think the club is definitely going to be there to cast some green, however, and do some pain at the same time. And I think uh, the SmackDown teams, Slater and Rhino, American Alpha, uh, the Hype Bros, um, I think who else is on the team? Uh, the Hype Bros, uh, 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 Rhino and Slater. Uh, shoot, who else am I thinking of? There's a couple teams I'm thinking of. I'm forgetting here. But uh, I do think that the club is definitely going to be meaning business, however, when they uh, go at it here in a couple weeks. Um, another thing that was interesting, however, was uh, what happened involving the IC title situation. Uh, Sami Zayn and Rusev were going at it, however, to see who would face Dolph Ziggler. And surprise, Sami Zayn uh, actually uh, was named the new uh, person to take on uh, the show-off here at uh, Survivor Series in Toronto. What's your take about Sami and Dolph going into Toronto? 
Yeah, I think it's going to be a pretty great show. It's a pretty great lineup, and uh, I hope it uh, pays off as it should. Well, like I said, we're we're definitely going to be watching this very, very carefully, folks. I mean, there's a lot going down right now. Like I said, um, I'm looking at the counter upcoming, however, right now. However, I know that they got a lot of things coming up. As we said, uh, next Monday they will be in Buffalo, New York. They will be in, uh, believe it or not, in Wilkes-Barre, believe it or not, a week from tonight. Uh, Buffalo this Tuesday, um, Buffalo this Monday night, next Monday night, I should say. They will be in Wilkes-Barre a week from tonight, however. Then, uh, coming up a week from tomorrow night, ladies and gentlemen, the Total Divas return. Yes, folks, Paige, Bree, Nikki, Naomi, Eva Marie, and the newbies. Yes, folks, the three newbies, Lana. It will be Renee Young and Maurice uh, making their presence felt, however, as far as that goes. Uh, what's your take about Total Divas uh, coming back? Uh, hopefully it's a good season. Well, I hope so, too. I really do. And, of course, tomorrow night, ladies and gentlemen, you can catch the final episode of Total Bells, ladies and gentlemen, on the E! Network beginning at 8 p.m., ladies and gentlemen. It should be a very, very good show. Uh, it will be entertaining to see what happens. Of course, this is the uh, sixth and final episode, of course. This week's episode centers around the Bell's mom, of course, getting married to John Laronitis, of course, and, of course, more about Bree uh, dealing with her husband, if you will, who is right now uh, feeling depressed, supposedly. Uh, but now we're looking at some other events right now, ladies and gentlemen. As I said, uh, I know NXT and SmackDown and, of course, also Raw will be coming up to Toronto in a few weeks. We do know that SmackDown will also be in Ontario, ladies and gentlemen, up there in Ottawa, believe it or not, two weeks from tonight. However, that's going to be very interesting. The Tuesday before Thanksgiving here in the States, they will be in Ottawa two weeks from tonight. And to close out November, ladies and gentlemen, they will be back in the Carolinas. Yes, folks, I just found out earlier today they will be in the Carolinas coming up on November 28th in Charlotte, I believe. And then I believe on the 29th they will be either in Columbia or Charleston, South Carolina, believe it or not. So uh, definitely check that out as well. And as far as December goes, we will let you know in the next few weeks where they're going to be hitting during the month of December as we are winding down 2016. Um, as far as any other news to report, we're checking right now. We're going to look at it and see what we got. Any other big stories popping up here on the newsreel? Of course, we did mention uh, the status of Vader. Of course, we will definitely keep you up to date about that, uh, we have heard some, uh, uh, let's see here, some other news going on, ladies and gentlemen, um, trying to find out right now, however, apparently, um, oh yes, here we go, we were talking about TNA, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we'll tell you about TNA real quick, however, before we wrap it up here this evening, we uh, heard earlier today, however, that Dixie held a TNA town conference call, believe it or not, and addressed the current state of the company, Believe it or not, and here is what we can tell you right now is the latest news on that. And just give me a second here, I'm trying to find it here. So we're going to talk about it real quick here before we wrap it up here. In fact, here we go. According to PWInsider.com today, Dixie Carter held a conference call today with Talents, during which Carter officially announced Anthem Media's Eric Nordholm as a member of the board of managers for the company. Carter addressed the company will be guiding the company moving forward. On the newly announced relationship with Anthem Media, Carter reportedly praised the deal and said Anthem will be injecting the company with capital and resources to help take TNA wrestling to the next level. Nordholm, Nordholm also praised the deal along with all the TNA talents. The call also brought up 
the idea of an over-the-top network similar to WWE Network, which would utilize existing TNA content. The company gained back to toy, namely live events, is something the company wants to focus on, in addition to strengthening relationships with Sony 6 in India. Dixie confirmed that both Dave Lagan and Billy Corgan are no longer with TNA, and that the current TNA consists of John Gubrick, better known as Big, Matt Conway, and Madison Rain, believe it or not. Carter also added that TNA is looking to add to the creative team, which she said is returning to, quote, a collaborative effort. Overall, the call was being described as being a rah-rah call, since many changes have been taking place in TNA since the last conference call. Uh, Gerard, your thoughts about the news developments now that Billy Corgan apparently is no longer with TNA and you got Madison Rain as a member of the booking team? Uh, well, hey, uh, as long as they can keep it going and uh, keep continuing TNA, it'll, it'll be good. Well, let's hope. I mean, let's hope. I know they've been under the gun over the last uh, couple months, of course. I know uh, Dixie had uh, basically, uh, I would say, uh, Threats uh, shown against her. Let's just say a lot of people are threatening her. However, and saying that you better change this and that, otherwise we're not just going to support you anymore. Uh, I know they're still talking about trying to get back on the uh, touring uh, schedule with uh, next year. I mean, they were already filming stuff for uh, the end of the year, including stuff for the uh, Hardy's Compound that will be airing, I believe, sometime before Christmas. I believe, or sometime at the end of this month. So we'll definitely have to watch out for that. Um, I just hope they. I know what they're. I hope they know what they're doing. You know, I, I really do. I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. But we will definitely be watching that very carefully. And of course, uh, Michelle and Gerard will have more on this story as far as TNA goes, and keep you up to date on any TNA news. However, this Sunday here on TNA Talk, ladies and gentlemen, beginning at 5 p.m. The caller ID is one four two one three one pound. And of course, you can listen to TNA Main Event Talk with, of course, the Don West, or should I say? the Josh Matthews, and the uh, Pope De Niro, if you will, of TNA, our, our TNA version of uh, TNA Impact Wrestling, however, which is led by the king and queen of Gerard and Michelle here on TalkShoe. Well, with less than a minute and a half to go, I'm going to ask Gerard, does he have any final thing, anything else to say before we call tonight here? No, I don't. Okay, folks, uh, thank you very much, Gerard, and we thank you for listening, and we're here every Tuesday night, ladies and gentlemen, one seven two four 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 seventy forty four. caller ID number one three nine nine two six pounds As we said, folks, go out and vote today, let your voices be heard loud and proud, we will be back again in less than an hour, we got more news coming up tonight, of course, we'll talk about the aftermath of last night's Raw, of course, with Mr. W. Chad Chad Inshaw, the rest of our gang, we'll also have your latest news and rumors, John will have the birthdays for you, and we'll have all sorts of goodies coming up at 9 p.m. So for now, ladies and gentlemen, as we head back into the time machine, we thank you for listening tonight. We will talk to you soon, guys. Have a great night, everyone. Enjoy the rest of your election day. Be safe. Be careful out there when you're voting, however, and we will definitely catch you on the flip side. So for now, reporting live from ringside along with the man himself, Gerard T. Smith. This is the Iceman, Jared D. Giraldo, saying so long from ringside, and we will talk to you soon. Have a good night, everyone.